Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We podcast a Bible study every Sunday morning for all of those who cannot be with us in person at Sunday morning Bible classes at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. We know that there are people in the even in the Omaha area who cannot be with us. Maybe they have health issues. Maybe they are handicapped physically in some way. Maybe they have scheduling problems, and they can't be with us at the times we meet at, on Sunday mornings for Bible class. That's 9.30 each Sunday morning, our time. We know that there are people also who listen in other parts of the country and around the world, and they want to be in a Bible study, but they can't be with us, obviously, in person because they live in other, other areas. Well, we're glad to be able to teach God's Word through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that you're there and that you want to study, that you want to learn more from God's Word, and we're thankful that we can be here to help you along that line. And all to God's glory all to God's glory. Share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Since faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, you may help some people in your life grow in their faith and maybe even get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. Bible classes begin Sunday mornings at 9.30, as we said, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, 6 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. Wednesday evenings, 6.30, midweek Bible classes, every Wednesday evening at 6.30. And you're welcome to any and all of these services. We hope to meet you soon. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Judges. Judges. Judges chapter 9. We've come to that point. I'm not sure we'll finish this chapter this, uh, in this particular session, but we'll see. So we've gone through the battle with the Midianites and the Amalekites, I believe, and the men of the east, I believe, as they're portrayed. Massive army came against the 300 soldiers that God told Gideon to take to battle against that massive army. But God, it, 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 the point of God was, I'm going to give you the victory. Gideon started with 32,000, and God said that's too many. Now, even at 32,000, the text seems to indicate that the Israelites would have been massively outnumbered. But God said, that's too many, too many. Uh, tell everybody who's afraid to go home. And so Gideon did. So that dropped it down to about 10,000. And God said, that's still too many. So he gave Gideon some further instructions by way of choosing certain men, and that dropped the number down to 300. And again, God wanted Gideon, he wanted the Israelites to know, the victory is not yours because of your superior military might or your military prowess, the victory is going to be yours because I'm going to defeat your enemy before you. Now, he used them in the battle, those 300 plus Gideon, but it was God who gave them the victory. So that battle is over. They have 
defeated their oppressors who had put them in subjection, having conquered them, and so now they're, they're free again. In chapter 9, we move on to the next, the next, well, the next chapter within this book of Judges, the next occurrence that God has highlighted for us in his word here. Chapter 9, then Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem, to his mother's brothers, and spoke with them and with all the family of the house of his mother and of his mother's father, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, which is, which is better for you, that all 70 of the sons of Jeroboam reign over you, or that one reign over you? Remember that I am your own flesh and bone. Now, who's Jeroboam? Well, that was Gideon. And so going back to verse 29 of chapter 8, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. Gideon had 70 sons. So we're talking about Gideon here, Jeroboam being another name for him. And so here comes Abimelech, and he is the son of Gideon. But now he wants power. God has basically raised up Gideon to be judge over Israel. And so here Abimelech, one of Gideon's sons, he wants to be in charge. (laughs) He wants to be the supreme guy there. And so he comes and speaks to some of the family, and uh, he's trying to plant you know, seed in their minds along the line that, that they will make him their judge or their leader. Verse 3, his mother's brothers spoke all these words concerning him in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, and their heart was inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, he is our brother. Well, uh, Shechem, now this was not necessarily probably all of the people there related to Abimelech, but probably a significant portion, significant percentage. And, and so what he's really doing here, if we could compare it, and not exactly the same, but I mean, we can, we can get some understanding. He's really politicking. But now when, when you read some of these accounts of people trying to rise to power and so they're out there kind of, as we would say, politicking. Well, it often results in, in mortal conflict, maybe sometimes assassinations. Uh, it's, it's something that becomes very ugly in many cases. In verse 4, so they gave him 70 shekels of silver from the, from the temple of baal Berith. Now remember, Baal was an idol that had been worshipped by the Israelites. They continued to struggle with putting idolatry, the worship of idols, out of their conscience, but they kept coming back to it for hundreds of years. And so they gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of baal Barith, with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. So the people of Shechem, they Yeah, they made a a campaign contribution, we might think of it as, as we would compare it to what we see today in our political scheme of things. And uh, so he uses that to hire men 
and they're identified as worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. Well, they were getting paid. Then they went to his father's house at Ophrah and killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jeroboam, on one stone. So here is Abimelech, and he hires men to assassinate, murder all of his brothers so he can be in charge. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left because he hid himself. Ah, so these hired assassins of Abimelech, they missed the youngest of his brothers. He had hidden himself. Now, when they told Jotham, he went and stood on top of Mount Gerizim and lifted his voice and cried out, and he said, Listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Should I cease giving my oil, with which they honor God and men, and go to sway over other trees? Then the trees said to the fig tree, You come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go to sway over trees? Then the trees said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Should I cease my new wine, which cheers both God and men, and go to sway over trees? Then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Well, it's uh, poetic and very illustrative and symbolic kind of language that Jotham is using to try to wake up the men of Shechem who had given this money to his brother Abimelech, and then Abimelech used that to hire assassins who ended up killing all of their other brothers. And uh, verse 16, now therefore, if you have acted in truth and sincerity in making Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jeroboam and his house and have done to him as he deserves, for my father fought for you, risked his life, and delivered you out of the hand of Midian, but you have risen up against my father's house this day and killed his 70 sons on one stone and made Abimelech, the son of his female servant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If then you have acted in truth and sincerity with Jeroboam and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and Beth Milo, and let fire come from the men of Shechem and from Beth Milo, and devour Abimelech. 
and Jotham ran away and fled. And he went to Bear and dwelt there for fear of Abimelech, his brother. And so, really, Jotham is calling for judgment upon the men of Shechem and upon Abimelech, his brother. And so he says, uh, you stop and think. If you can really trust Abimelech, if you can really have confidence in him, if you can be happy with his being the king over you, then, hey, have at it. But if you really stop and think about it, now think about, and, and maybe read within between the lines is, and, and you know, in, insinuations with what this, you know, uh, poetic, you know, uh, descriptive kind of, of suggestion about trees looking for somebody to reign over them, kind of insinuating within this and, and intimating. But if you really think about what Abimelech has done, how he's hired assassins to kill, to murder his brothers, if you think that's the kind of king that you need, okay, have at it. But if you stop and think about the wickedness of how Abimelech has acted, and by your support initially, then maybe you need to rethink the whole proposition of letting him be your ruler. Verse 22 after Abimelech had reigned over Israel three years, God sent a spirit of ill will between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. And the crime that the crime done to the 70 sons of Jeroboam might be settled and their blood be laid on Abimelech, their brother, who killed them, and on the men of Shechem, who abide... Who, who rather who aided him in the killing of his brothers. Now remember, no matter how well, how effectively we might pull the wool as to what as as to the wickedness that we might be acting in over the eyes of people around us, God sees all. There's no there's no hiding our actions from God. And so God, after Three years, he steps in to bring judgment upon Abimelech. In verse 25, the men of Shechem set men in ambush against him, that is, against Shechem, uh, rather against uh, Abimelech. They set men in ambush against him on the tops of the mountains, and they robbed all who passed by along that way, and it was told Abimelech. Now, Gaal, the son of Ebed, came with his brothers and went over to Shechem, and the men of Shechem put, on their, conf put their confidence in him. So they went out into the fields and gathered grapes from the vineyards and trod them and made merry. In other words, it sounds like they probably became intoxicated. And they went into the house of their god, lowercase g, so we're talking about an idol, and ate and drank and cursed Abimelech. Then Gaal, the son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Jeroboam? And is not Zebel his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the, son of, uh, the father of Shechem, but why should we serve him? 
If only this people were under my authority, then I would remove Abimelech. So he said to Abimelech, increase your army and come out. And so now there's a challenge. There's going to be a battle. You got another fella here who is seeking the power of leadership. In verse 30, then Zebel, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaal, the son of Ebed. His anger was aroused. And he sent messengers to Abimelech secretly saying, take note, Gaal, the son of Ebed and his brothers have come to Shechem and here they are fortifying the city against you. Now, therefore, get up by night, you and the people who are with you, and lie in wait in the field. And it shall be as soon as the sun is up in the morning that you shall rise early and rush upon the city and where he and the people who are with him come out against you, you may then do to them as you find opportunity. So Abimelech and all the people who were with him rose by night and lay in wait against Shechem in the four compass and the four in four companies. When Gaal the son of Ebed went out and stood in the entrance of the city gate, Abimelech and the people who were with him rose from lying in wait. And when Gaal saw the people, he said to Zebel, "Look, people are coming down from the tops of the mountains." But Zebel said to him. You see the shadows of the mountains as if they were men. And so Zebul is uh, <laughs> he's deceiving. He's deceiving uh, Gaal. So Gaal spoke again and said, See, people are coming down from the center of the land, and another company is coming from the diviner's terebinth tree. Then Zebul said to him, Where indeed is your mouth now? With which you said, Who is Abimelech? that we should serve him. Are not these the people whom you, de- whom you despised? Go out, if you will, and fight with them now. Well, so Zebel has deceived Gaal for a period of time, but he keeps saying, hey, there's an army coming against us. And Zebel said, you remember, you remember how arrogant you were and what you said about Abimelech? Yeah, if you got courage, Take your men and go out and fight. So Gaal went out, leading the men of Shechem, and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him, and he fled from him, and many fell wounded to the very entrance of the gate. Then Abimelech dwelt at Arumah, and Zebul drove out Gaal and his brothers so that they would not dwell in Shechem. And it came about in the next day that the people went out into the field and they told Abimelech. So he took his people, divided them into three companies and lay in wait in the field. And he looked and there were the people coming out of the city. And he rose against them and attacked them. Then Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood at the entrance of the gate of the city. And the other two companies rushed upon all who were in the fields and killed them. Well, it sounds like Abimelech had some pretty good military tactics in his mind. So Abimelech fought against the city all that day. He took the city and killed the people who were in it, and he demolished the city and sowed it with salt. Sowed it with salt. Now you might say, why would he sow the ground with salt? It was total devastation. 
crops would not grow in a field that was sowed with salt. Verse 46, now when all the people of the tower of Shechem had heard that, they entered the stronghold of the temple of the god Bereth. There's still that, that idol god, that, that idol god's temple, still there within the city of Shechem. And it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. Then Abimelech went up to Mount Zelman, he and all the people who were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bough from the trees and took it and laid, on his, laid, it, laid it on his shoulder. Then he said to the people who were with him, what, what you have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. So each of the people likewise cut down his own bow and followed Abimelech, put them against the stronghold and set the stronghold on fire above them so that all the people of the tower of Shechem died, about a thousand men and women. So in other words, they burned it down. Then Abimelech went to Thebes and he encamped against Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower in the city. And all the men and women, all the people of the city, fled there and shut themselves in. Then they went up to the top of the tower. So Abimelech came as far as the tower and fought against it. And he drew near the door of the tower to burn it with fire. But a certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Then he called quickly to the young man, his armor bearer, and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, lest any man say to me, A woman killed him. So his young man thrust him through, and he died. And when men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed, every man to his place. Thus God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he had done to his father, Gilead, or Gideon, by killing his, serv his 70 brothers. And all the evil of the men of Shechem, God returned on their own heads, and on them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jeroboam. Remember what Jeroboam had pronounced in that story. And God followed through with that curse. We'll pick up with chapter 10 next time. <clears throat> Again, we need to understand there is no hiding from God. God sees all. God knows all. God hears all, all the time. If we're going to live wicked, wickedly before men, God sees it. We can't hide from God. We need to stand and righteousness before him, living according to his will. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for being our God. Help us to put away all things that might stand between our dedication to you and our dedication to those things or matters. Help us to put you first in our lives to live faithfully and obediently before you in righteousness. And please bless us accordingly, we pray. Help people to see in this world 
right now. This world that is so caught up in, in evil that they need to come to you for forgiveness and for peace. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.